vegan. I am Negan. What's up, what's up, people? Welcome to... I can't say if it's going to be a fun episode, because this show... I'm just... I'm over it. I'm over it. This is uh, I Am Negan, a TWD Universe podcast, and tonight we are covering World Beyond Season 1, Episode 7, Truth or Dare. I am your host, Adam Vale. I am joined by Dana Avril Crombie. Everyone... Oh, you cut out a little bit. Yeah, she said... Hello, Hello everyone. Richard Bailey Jr. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we got we got some words to say about this this episode and this show in general. Just so you know, it's not going to be a long one because uh, not a lot happened in this. I don't care what anyone says. This was a lot of drag. A lot of drag. A lot of filler. Trying to get to a point. Trying to get to a shocking ending that just underperformed. And at least for me, I don't care. We haven't spent enough time with these characters to actually care about anything that happens to them. And with all the flip-flop that they keep doing, you know, especially with the the relationship between Iris and Silas and then throwing Percy in the mix, I'm like, what are you doing? That relationship hasn't even developed yet. At least let that develop with the Iris and Silas. And then... After some time, maybe two, three episodes of them getting all lovey-dovey, have this third person come and like, hey, what's going on? And then she can go gaga. No, that it, it, none of that makes sense. But you know what? Let's just get into this episode. Let's get let's get so forth because I'm mad. The whole thing just gets me mad. I'm real. I can't believe how mad I am. I, and I said this off air, and, and I'll say it again now on air. It's, I feel this was a trope. I feel this whole series was some kind of idea that they had. And like, well, we want to do this thing with these kids and put them on a journey. And, and they were probably pitching it. And no one gave the shit. No one was like, no, no, we're not going to do this. not going to do this. This doesn't sound entertaining. Well, what if we throw it into an established franchise? Uh, like what? Well, Walking Dead. We'll sprinkle, you know, sprinkle some uh, walkers around there. And then we'll do that. And, and we'll that, that should work. You know, we'll wrap it all around the, the zombie thing. Well, how are they going to react? Oh, they won't really react at all. It's just there, you know. They won't. They won't freak out or anything because that's what it is. It feels like they're just there. It's almost like a Pride and Prejudice vampire type situation. It's they're there. They take care of it, but no one really cares. No one's scared. They're over here having good old time with blasting music and drinking. Where's the the the, the sense of fear and threat? That shit. We don't know where we are. There could be empties that they're using. I hate that term too. It's just walkers, whatever, all around us. No. They don't care. They're just hanging out. And I don't want to hear the whole thing. Oh, well, they're kids. They get bullshit. If you're a kid in the apocalypse, you know, I know people that grew up on the streets. Those people are hardened and they stay hardened. That's it. You grew up on the street. doesn't matter. When you grow up, you still don't waste money. You save your money. You save your food. You don't waste. That's it, It's a certain way of being brought up. And if these kids were brought up in this to understand what they need to appreciate because of how hard it is in the outside world. And for them to come out this way where it's like, oh, well, we don't give a shit about anything. And they're just very nonchalant about the world around them. It's just horrible. It doesn't make sense. So anyway, let's just get into this. Uh, the opening of this... Uh, this uh, episode starts off with Huck. It's like a flashback. We see a lot of little jumps here and there. It looks like she, back with her military buddies, she was a Marine, if you remember. 
she's hanging out with them. It seems in some kind of bar. There's drinking and there's a lot of little cuts, real quick cuts with her and another guy. Boom, she wakes up. It was a dream. She opens up her eyes, looks around. She's, I thought this was part of the flashback because it was a nice little hut, all right, or bunker, whatever the hell she was. She's getting dressed. She's packing up. She's cleaning her weapon. She seems very relaxed. Everything is cool. She goes outside. She sees that there's a... An empty walking, she kills it, she takes the boots, she takes some other items that she finds from it. As she keeps walking, she hears a truck roll up, there's a honk. Then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, it's Felix. And he's like, hey. And she's like, oh, wow, look, how you doing? He's like, oh, yeah, you shocked to see me? Look at my buzz cut. And he's like, all right, come on, let's go. And they get in the truck and drive off. Right there, piss me the fuck off. I'm, I'm sorry. I See, I cursed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not saying no more curses. I'm just upset because none of that made sense. This was not a known location. They never said at one at any point that Felix ever said, "All right, we're gonna meet Huck at you know next to tomorrow, whatever." Because we already know two or three days have passed since the last time they saw her. We don't know about the meeting grounds. This definitely wasn't where they were before, you know. Uh, just uh, and then she's so like, "Oh, okay, you're here." She doesn't question anything about the truck or any of that stuff. She's like, "Oh, wow, okay, let's go." It, it just didn't fit. It felt too. It it just before I move on, because because I know we all had issues with this opening. What did you think, Rich? This opening here, right? Did... Well, I agree with everything you had to say. Uh, it didn't make sense because the last episode, uh, you know, Huck went off to do recon. Uh, no, no, not the last episode, the, the episode before Shadow Puppets. And then we didn't see her all throughout that episode when Percy showed up. So all of a sudden, and the, and, the, and they just left her. So I would have thought you'd be a little uh, angry that, hey, you know, you guys left me behind. But I guess they never really made it clear that she was going to return, I guess. I mean, I don't know. but She made yeah, it seem it like she was confused. happy. Yeah, she looked happy where she was. She, it didn't yeah. look like she was doing recon. It looked like she found a home. And she was just out clearing the area and saw another empty. I was like, oh, I guess got to clear this one. But uh, as you know, later on, we find out that's not the case. Because even from that opening scene, when she kills, she takes the boots. And we know the mm-hmm. boots are for someone else in the group. So she had plans, at least the way they're describing it here. It looks like she had plans to go back. But they don't explain where she, how did she start living in this little place? Why are you living somewhere? Why are you not still scouting on the move? I, 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 well, I guess they want you to assume that uh, she came across the place, found it, and she just stayed there. Because in the Walking Dead show in the past... We've had multiple times where the characters will come across a place oh, and they yeah, end yeah, up yeah. staying o- overnight. So I guess they want you to believe that's what the explanation is with oh, that. Oh, I get it. I get it. It's just the the after effect. They made it look very, she, she looked very happy. Like she had no plans of ever going. This was her life. This is yeah. her just living her life in this world. Tina, what did you think? Oh, Dana? Oh, yep, yeah, sorry, muted. Um, for me, I'm not angry. You guys have like a very visceral hatred. Uh, I'm I'm not that yet. Um, for me, I kind of felt like we know that Huck and Felix are trackers, and if she's gonna go and do recon and she'll catch up, that to me doesn't seem like that's a big deal. I don't see her getting mad as well. Also, and then you can also look at it as this. We don't know whether or not a Huck is working for the CRM. We just don't know. It leaves a lot of questions unanswered. And if that is the case, then she, I would feel, have her own little bunker area where she'll go off. And that's her little quiet time. 
and her way to contact whomever she needs to contact. So I really wasn't um, angry about that. I found it to be interesting. Um, I wish they would have expanded upon where she was at um, in the form of her, you know, she being able to catch up to Felix. Again, she's a tracker. Um, him coming in the car, it was like, oh, hey, what's going on? Kind of thing, but with like a cool atmosphere where she knew everything was okay. It wasn't like he was being held hostage in the in the, the truck. So, you know, she went to go do her work and she figured out he, during his escapades, he was doing work as well and they came upon this truck. It's very interesting that the truck, you know, it was a CRM truck and she just kind of ducked down in the bushes. It wasn't like she was running out of fear in hopes that they don't see me. It was just like a real quick boop, duck, mm. and she didn't seem to be afraid of that truck because it was very recognizable that it was a CRM truck. So that, I think, may be more telling than the fact that their conversation was really friendly. Yeah. Well, whatever. Let's just move on with this. this, is, this I'm telling you, like that, that, that set the mood for me right there. That is just uh, whatever. So uh, we go to the next scene, and over here we have now Iris still with uh, with the uh, Percy, and they're still doing their flirting thing. He's got a box full of books. She's amazed that he reads all these type of books, and she's like, you know what? I I, I bet I can just read this to you, and and. Because you just collect them, you probably don't even know what you're reading, and, and that type of thing. But they're doing a lot of heavy flirting, and I like the little cut, to, the camera cutscene, and you see on the side, it's just we got Silas over there in the corner, just with a sad look and just staring, like what the hell? And it is he has every right to be pissed because for the past first, let's say first five episodes, it was all about them. Right, Iris was all over, like hanging out with him and doing that whole thing. I was like, "Oh yeah, you're my buddy." This and this and that. And maybe there was no romance involved, but still, that was still your friend. She doesn't interact with him at all. It's all about this dude right now, and no one else acknowledges this. You would think the sister at some point would be like, "I see you have a crush on him." You know, if you're gonna go down that road and play the teen drama, then of course the sister's gonna pick up on it. It's her sister. She knows, but no, no one knows. No one's saying anything. So they're doing their little thing. Then we see off in the distance. We see Tony, that's the the uncle, he's doing magic tricks, he's teaching Elton how to do some magic tricks. And I was like, alright, we're going to do some magic. I figured that this is going to come up later, this is important that he's learning all these magic tricks. You know, so it's like, alright, whatever. Next cut, we get, there's a lot of little bumping around in this, this episode. We got Huck and Felix. Huck says she got a surprise for Felix. She whips out some Mountain Dew. Yeah, a bottle of Mountain Dew. Two of them. Says she found him behind a, was it a convenience store somewhere? Whatever. They're guzzling it down. He's so happy. She says out there, she didn't see much. She did find like a herd of uh, empties, but they were going in another direction. So as long as they stick to the road, they should be fine. All right. So I'm like, all right, what, what, what's going on with all this? I was waiting for her, if anything, that she was going to have some good info. But no, there goes that. Nothing else happens. So then we hear Tony's doing a magic show. Or it sounds like he's going to do another magic show. And he starts talking about lights and, and setting up lights through mirrors and all this stuff. Like, okay, get to the point. He's got a map. We know he has a map. He showed the map in the last episode saying that this is the map for all the fuel locations for the CRM. Well, he shows through the lighting and I guess it was some kind of hidden code that they had in the map. And he can see on the map now, based off of the lighting, the locations for the fuel. And he's like, all right, toop, this is it. We're going to go. We, this is our next location. We're going to get some fuel, and then we're going to head out, and everyone's all happy. 
I was like, all right, fine, whatever. But then we get another little cut with Iris, and she's looking at a map. She's looking at her own CRM map. Percy walks over. What you got there? I'm like, oh, I got a map. How'd you get that? Uh, I'll tell you later. What? Just say it. Just, just, I mean, at this point. But then she still says it like in a little flirty way. I just want. I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't like it. And maybe it's because I, I always. I, the whole thing with Silas <laughs> is still throwing me off. Yeah, it's just oh, all of it just upsets me. It's it's that teen drama flirty thing. You know, she's always the. Uh, looking and, and coughing. She overplayed the scene is what the issue is. Because I kind of felt that Percy was doing the whole dark and broody look and she was doing the whole clearing of her throat every five seconds. And, uh -huh, and oh, here's the map. I'll tell you later. Like she really sucked at flirting, which you could actually argue is something that's in character for an Iris person. I mean, she was someone who was so focused on school and she had her direct path that she didn't sit down to really, you know, let well, she me go. Said, and yeah, she says she more. never dated. We, we heard that before when she right. was talking about, she was like, she never partied. She didn't do any of that. So, stuff. Real flirting stuff, so it, 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 it shows that she cannot flirt and it, you know, it, beckons back to there's another scene when it comes with the van and she doesn't pick up on cues so right. you know it, it, she's just really bad at it yeah for me it doesn't work it doesn't work you know so we get another little moment it's supposed to be some kind of i i don't get it this this part really again pissed me off a lot of parts pissed me off felix is there talking with tony and tony's like all right so uh we're gonna get this fuel and then uh where are we going and uh, feels like uh, I don't, I don't know where we're going. Uh, I mean, we're gonna go find the dad, but I really don't know where we're going. I mean, you do know you're going to New York. He, they didn't tell him yet. They, I don't, unless I missed that in the last episode. They never told Tony and Percy that they need to go to New York. I think Percy knows. I think they said to Percy at one point, but not Tony, who's driving. And then they I was, didn't. They, no, they told because Iris was like just vomiting all information. We're going to New York, and you can come. And yeah, yeah, that was to Percy, but uh, with Tony. But obviously, Percy didn't tell that to Tony, or else Tony would say, "All right, so we're heading to New York. We're going to need a lot right. of fuel." No, doesn't say that. He just feels like I don't know where we're going. I mean, we just need to go find the dad. I don't even know if it's the right path to do this. And it's like it was. That just right there, I, I, I was like, man, what is it? This is filler. That scene was not needed. But what was needed, what's kind of cool, was the next scene. And this is a flashback. Huck is now getting her flashbacks. We see her at that same party from the early flashback that she had back when she was sleeping. And in this flashback, you see her blindfolded. She's at a party with all the soldiers because you can see everybody wearing their uniforms. They're calling her by her main name. What was her main name? Her first name? You said it before. They're, they're calling her by her last name first. So well, it's going to be... Mally. No, no. What? Her, her, her last her, name? Yeah. No, her name is... Oh, shoot. I just had it. Oh, well, anyway, they, they're, they're calling, they, they, we're going to hear a bunch of that. We'll hear a little bit of her last name, her first name, but I don't give a shit. Her name is Huck. We know her as Huck. That's it. I get it. Fine. That, well, at least we know that's not where she obtained that nickname. It wasn't from her military group. So maybe Felix or somebody. So we see she's blindfolded and the, the same guy that she had that quick little vision of watching her in uh, the first scene, he's there and he's giving her directions blindfolded to throw a dart. And she, Malik. boom, she, what? Malik. Malik. All right, there you go, Malik. That's the last thing. That's the last thing. 
So she makes, she, throw, she throws a dart, she makes it, she's happy, everyone's cheering. Then you see another scene, she walks off, she's with the guy, they're hanging out near a jukebox, they're having some drinks. And uh, what is it, he has a scratch on his face or something's going on with his face and she brings it up. And I, mm-hmm. I, at first I was like, well, did she do that to him? They don't really go into it. But the key part of this is not all of that. The key part is what you hear on the background on the TV. It's a breaking news. Newsmen are talking about something's going on at the hospital. And the Garnet Medical Center. What? The Garnet Medical Center. Yeah, the Garnet Medical Center. There you go. So something's going on over there. They're not accepting new patients, and everything is on lockdown. So all the soldiers mm-hmm. that go and they gather around are like, oh, what's going on here? So right there, that for me, out of all of this, is a key scene because as I started thinking and then you started piecing together also, we're like, well, maybe this is connected way back to what happened with Rick. This is at season one of Walking Dead. It, we don't know if that's the same hospital. I, I think we found out that it's not, right? You, you looked it up. This is not the same location. It's not in Georgia. Um, no, it's like upstate New York um, or something. You said, well, this, it, it, this, no, here's no. This is this is the issue. I don't know in the Walking Dead universe where it's located, but yeah. there is an actual Garnet Hospital in um, upstate New York in the Catskills, which would be close to Ithaca, which would be close to the CRM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah, there we go. Who knows? We don't know. They could be making up all kinds of locations, but the point is that they are going to respond to this. That they they are close enough, and I think that's why they're paying even more attention because they know they're they're, they're going to get called into action. So it makes me wonder. I mean, she says she's a marine, but usually it's the National Guard that get involved in those type of situations. But you know, well, we- maybe it's a special branch because. Oh, you cut out. ZBRM. Oh, sorry. Uh, Did it better now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they they stated that it was the EGA. No, is what there was not. part of. All right, Rich, you got anything to say about that flashback in the hospital? Did you have any theories, or you were like, "Oh, all right, this is this is how it happened. This is how she got involved in this." No, I, I I don't I don't think any of that is related to Rick. I mean, obviously, everything that has to do with the CRM and the helicopter that is all related to Rick because that's the last time we saw the character. So I I'm waiting for that reveal because I feel that is the connection. I don't I don't know about all this other stuff because. It doesn't seem like uh, that's important. It's it's about the end destination of where they're going to, and I think ultimately that's going to provide the answer as to what's going on with with, with Rick. Yeah, yeah, you know that. Uh, well, yeah, we'll we'll see. It probably will though. Probably will. All right, and then now we jump over back. There's a lot of jumping back and forth and to like side chatter, and here it is, Felix and Tony again, and they're talking. And they notice Felix notices that there's some booze involved with the group, the, the kids, uh, Iris and Hope and Elton and Silas is hanging out. He's not drinking, but they're all there hanging out. He thinks he should get involved. And Tony's like, Nah, just let them be kids. They're teenagers, you know. And he's happy that Percy is actually around kids his own age. You know, he's he gives a little backstory. He's been having a hard life with all of this. It's been pretty crazy. And Felix is like, Yeah, it was pretty bad for me too. You know, uh, it was a Silas, it was, I mean, um, Iris and Hope's father who gave him a path. So that's that whole thing. And, and I'll just bring that up because it sort of connects with all this. They were talking about their life story. And then Tony starts talking about how when he was out in Vegas, he was doing the magic and some other things. He had his own vices. So I'm assuming drinking and other things. 
And then it turns out that the sister was going through a divorce and had some other issues. I'm assuming maybe she was a drug addict of some sort because then they removed the child, which is Percy. And then they made him the legal guardian because he was the only family member available, which is also not technically correct. That's not how they do it. They do just don't say, your family member, you get custody and take it. That's what he made it seem like. But then he also threw in the fact that he did get money. Yes, the government just throw money at you when something like that happens. But regardless, it, it sounds like at first he just decided to do it because of the money. But then he fell in love with the kid and realized that gave him a whole new outlook on life. And this was his new goal, just to protect this kid and the things you do for family. And then you see Felix and he looks over at his sisters. I would say that I'm calling them his sisters. He looks over and he's like, all right, well, yeah, I, I get that. But anyway, now we get into the part that is based off of the title of this episode, The Truth or Dare. The group is hanging out, they're drinking. Uh, Percy says, let's get some chairs. We're going to play a game. Elton doesn't know this game. Not everybody does. You know, I guess, you know, sheltered life, not getting involved in drinking and doing these type of things. Let's play some Truth or Dare. Of course, no surprise. Percy looks over at Iris, says, if you could be anywhere else. No, first he says the Truth or Dare, and she says truth. says, if you could be anywhere else than here, where would it be? And she said, what was it, like an art gallery or something that was over in Paris. All right? She's big into to art. She wants to be around art. Everybody's like, that's boring, blah, blah, blah. It was the Louvre. Yes, which is very nice. It's very nice. Yes, uh, it's... With the Mona Lisa's. Yes, the Mona Lisa, which is very small. Have you ever seen it? It's very small. It, it looks yeah. big the way they show it, but it's very small. Mm. All right. Uh, da, 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 that's where she wants to go. Again, this whole thing, I... Then he, he takes a toast. They do a toast. Don't care. This is when we see that Silas doesn't want to drink. Everyone is boozing it up. He's like, nah, I'm good. Now, you, real quick, just for you, Dana, because I know this is, you bring this up later on. You think this is a key moment here. The this fact that he's got the stink face on and he's not drinking. He has a stink face. He refuses to drink. Everyone's happy. And it's not like he's miserable. He just doesn't drink. And I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I guess, I mean, I'm thinking on the other side, think about it. If you're upset, if the girl that you like is obviously flirting with another guy, you're not going to start drinking. You're definitely not going to toast to that. And, yeah, you're going to have a stink face because you're like, shit, we've been hanging out this whole time. We know he has a crush on her from way back. And so he doesn't want to be involved. But also, here's this. I feel that... You know, when you have alcohol involved, it takes away your inhibitions and it takes away your focus. Silas has been very focused, even with just that death stare at Percy. Yeah, yeah um, death stare. Yeah. I feel he doesn't that, trust him. He said that openly before. He doesn't trust right. him. So I, it so could be a combination. I'm not trusting her, not trusting him. And then also, yeah, you're stealing my girl. Yes. So he's like, you know, the protector he feels like. I get that. I get that. Right. So yeah, after that, yeah, I already mentioned that there was the whole Felix and then Tony bonding moment. It's like, all right, good for them. But we get back to the group, and this was a key part here. And this is the part where uh, Percy then says, all right, he wants to do the the truth for dare game with Hope. And then he just basically, she was like, it's not your turn. He's like, no, 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 it's all right. I want to ask you a question. What's the worst thing you've ever done? I. <sighs> I had issues with this too, though, because it was like mm -hmm. she doesn't have to tell the truth. It's a game. You just bullshit, and she did. She came up with some bullshit about putting laxatives in a coffee for uh, over at the teachers' lounge back at the university. And Iris confirmed, "Yep, yep, I remember you did that." And 
for some reason, and this is why I had issues, th- it, there's no justification for this constant pushing. No, no. Right. Percy's like, I don't believe it. No, you did something else. No, 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 no. Come on now. I know you did something else. Why would he push this hard unless he knew something? And we know he knows nothing. So, Uh-oh, so Rich. I just would like to make a comment. Uh, if, obviously, we know in this episode that uh, Hope has a conversation with Huck that we're going to get into later. If he overheard that conversation and then they had this whole sequence with the truth of dare, it would have made a hell of a oh, lot yeah, more yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. If that conversation yeah. happened, who knows? Maybe in the edits it did. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, if you've been in production meetings, you see they do cuts and edits and then they move things around. Yeah. Because, yeah, it, right there, it didn't add up. It didn't make sense. Her reaction, she almost went pale face. She oversold that question. Yeah. And, and I was like, what are you doing? And let's and I was like, well, if this was a bad cut, if this was a scene that was filmed after the conversation she had with Huck, then yes, it would make sense for the pale face because I was like, like you just said, did he overhear that? Does he know? Is that what he's getting at? And then he's going to go and he can spill the beans? And Because I was like, there's no way she's going to spill this now. Even if she had a few drinks. Oh, yeah. Here's some idea. I killed Elton's mom. <laughs> no, it's not going to go down that way. That's not how this big reveal is going to happen. Yeah. But it was very off-putting just to see Percy constantly pushing, constantly pushing. You know, and then uh, Silas had jumped in and Elton jumped in. It was like, you know, just telling him to stop. I think it was Silas. Silas got pissed. He was like, that's it. She mm-hmm. said stop. She doesn't want to do this. And then she was like, you know what? You're right. There is something I did worse. The worst thing I've ever did was uh, play this game. And she gets up and she walks away. Elton goes after her. You know, he says he's sorry about everything. And uh, then he starts uh, giving her a hug. She says, you're drunk. She needs alone time. He kind of collapses into her. Yeah, yeah, it was weird, but it looked like he was trying to give her a hug, and it's just uh, that that whole thing too. It, it, I don't understand. They play him off at the beginning. They played him off as he was going to be the smart one. He was going to be the more contained and focused one, and then as it, the the series progresses, he's more of the clueless one. He's following <laughs> the book, but he's not really doing anything. He's taking some pictures, and he's whatever he doesn't know really what's going on it's just this is not the way he was portrayed because remember he was the adventurer of the group he was the one that said he was already going out there on his own and finding stuff and scavenging so for them to play it off like he's a clueless one now it doesn't fit it's as if they decide to change the character I would say mid-season because we're we're now beyond the mid-season point. And they're like, ah, now we don't like that. We're gonna make him that that the the nerdy, goofy, cuddly guy that we feel sorry for. Like he's just obsessed with the book. Yeah. And nothing, which yeah. makes me wonder why is he even here then? Mm-hmm, like he mm-hmm. can't go to the campus and and focused. Uh, I I just want to make one comment. You you made the comment earlier about uh. If this was taking place in the real world, obviously people are hardened by their experiences. Yeah. If that character is not hardened by the end of the season, or once he finds out that Hope killed his mom, then you have to say the show was a colossal failure, for sure. Because it feels like, why reveal that this person is the person that Hope killed, and then there's no payoff? There has to be some type of change that happens with that character at some point. So if they don't eventually have something happen 
where he changes up his attitude or whatever, then yeah, it's 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 a failure as a show in more ways than one. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, we start getting some answers, at least somewhat of answers, I should say, going forward yeah. after this point because the next one is a flashback. We see Huck now with her group, her soldiers there that she's read a platoon. And uh, the captain's there talking to them. So it's all right, listen, this is it. We got to go in there. We got to kill the threats and try to save as many civilians as possible. Things have gotten really bad there. So you see them now going down the hallways of the hospital. And they're baffled by what they see. They're like, what is there this? Is one mention that was so slight that you would forget it. During their conversation of walking down the hallway, there was a conversation between the other soldiers that stated that, oh, they're, they're like their theories of what caused this. And they did state that it was a, uh, what was it, an asteroid from space? No, the guy was talking crazy. He said that. No. He was thinking about, oh, yeah, it's a asteroid from space. It was from an alien. Thing. And they were like, oh, shut up. That sounds ridiculous. I thought he was just no. making up some sci-fi junk on it. Here was the sci-fi jump. That is what actually was confirmed. So that's what I thought was a cute little Because, I mean, that's not the sky falling, right? That's when the, the night that they, remember, they always thought that when the, the sky fell. No, that is the explanation for the zombie outbreak. That was an actual, it was confirmed by the writer. See, there you go. I didn't need to hear that. See, now, now I feel like, all right, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. This show is whack. Let's move yeah, on. But, all right. In March, the, the, the creator um, basically stated that, that that it was, in fact, aliens. And oh. I was also confirmed again on Twitter. Mars attacks. Here we go. All right, so they see that they, it looks like people are sick walking to them. I was like, what's that? Is that sick? He's like, no, no, they, they look dead. Is, some of them look right. And then they just start shooting. Hug shoots one in the head, notices, hey, that, that takes them down. She tells everybody, aim for the head. So I guess this is their way of explaining how she learned that headshots is uh, the best shot. So they start shooting. They're doing the whole thing. Um let me see. She switches. The, they they get into another room. They hear the civilians. They hear, well, they don't know what to call them, but we'll just call them now. The empties and the walkers are around. She can't see anything because the power cut out. She switches to thermal. A nice little cool scene of you just see through thermal vision. You see a combination of things. And they just start letting loose. They're shooting. They're shooting. You got to take them down. So during that scene, though, she snaps out of it because Hope shows up. And Hope is like, I got something to tell you. It's like, oh, what, what do you got to tell me? And then she confesses. She's like, hey, uh, when I was younger, and she gets the whole story. We know what's going on. The whole thing with Elton and the mom and, and, and killing the mom. And she wants to tell Elton. And Huck was like, no, you keep that to yourself. That's it. That's your burden. Don't don't share that. No one else knows this, right? It's like, no, Iris knows I killed someone, but she doesn't know it's Elton's mom. It's like, and she don't need to know that. Nobody needs to know. This is your burden to bear. It happened. The past is a past. You can't change it, but you could avoid problems in the future. And she knows it. If you tell this kid now, that's going to be a big problem. That's going to be a big problem. And they don't need that problem because they already have enough problems. You know, They don't know where the hell they're really going. And they're a small group, ragtag group, with no real training of anything besides her training. So... There goes that. Anything you want to say about this big reveal before we move on? Because in a way, it was kind of a big one. Do you agree? Because I agree with Huck. I'm like, yeah, don't say shit. 
That was the best thing she could have said. Instead of saying, yeah, go ahead, tell him. He'll understand. No. You don't tell somebody you just killed his mom. And it's like, oh, can we still be friends? You know, I read the book. She sounded like she was a nice lady. You know, Dana? Um, yeah, this whole thing was, I just wanted to just slap hope a little bit. Um, I agree completely with what Huck was saying. Um, and also I think was really great was the fact that, hey, it was essentially saying, hey, join the club. We all have burdens uh -huh. and we all have that we're carrying with us. So don't make this about you. Hope was being very selfish and very self-centered by wanting to deliver that news to, to Elton because, it, as I said, it will destroy him and it gives you nothing. It doesn't give you any kind of peace. And she kind of made this um, kind of monologue basically saying that um, she can't change what's already happened. Mm -hmm. And, that you know, there, there will be the, the darkness and you will fight that darkness. And I don't know how long you'll feel this way, but eventually the light will come. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I I thought that was cool. I was like, all right, we're done with this, right? That's not what... No, it's not. We're not. We're not. It's going to come up again. So next thing we see that they're in a truck. They already made it to the first fueling location. It looks like a big warehouse area. They, they're like, this is it. This is a spot on the map. This is the CRM's fueling location. We just got to go in there. Uh, Felix asks, you think there's any empties in there? Percy's like, nah, this is their base. They keep a, a tight ship here, so I don't think we're going to have any issues. And it doesn't look like anyone's around, so let's just go in there and try to find uh, what we need to find. And at this point, Hope goes up to Elton, gives back the book, says, hey, I read it. Your mom seems nice. And you, know, you could see Huck in the distance, like, just saying, like, don't say sure, cut the mom. To the point that even when when they get to the point where they're, like, you know, picking teams to go, she's like, you're coming with me. She grabs it. Hope is like, come on, let's go. And at that part... Just again, doesn't make sense. It's like you, you know, you just had this conversation. Huck just explained it, and now you're giving the sad puppy face of like, mm, here it is, Elton. I feel sad. He's gonna feel ten times worse. And you're about to go and get fuel in an unknown location. They have some conflicts. You don't know. Again, it feels out of place. This is not. If we were in this situation, we would not be thinking this. This would not be our concern. Our concern would be, is there anyone inside? Are we going to get away with this? Is there another group coming, an outpost group? or Does anyone see us? What we're doing? You know what I mean? Just think about the situation. And it feels the way that they, they wrote the show is certain characters have that feeling and others just don't give a shit. Felix has that feeling. And we see a little bit with Percy and Tony have that feeling. But everybody else is like, nope, we don't give a shit. We're just going with the flow and let's talk about other things. The kids are sheltered. Uh, she, however, I still think she is a weird, you know, spy thing. Because ERM, CRM, I don't know what branch that is. Um, so I don't think she would have anything to worry about. Felix has something to worry about. He seems well, she, to be the only she brought it up. She brought it up, though. She said that she was just, that was her, from her unit, her Marine unit. So it's, it, that's what she know. said. She was, And we saw the uniforms, and they just look like typical Marines. They didn't look like they were from some special force unit. Like, the CRM looks like a, a special group. They look like a Merc outfit, you know, with the, the black suit and all that. It doesn't look legit. So, uh, <clears throat> there we go. So, uh... Okay. So then now that we get, while they're traveling, this is with... Uh, Huck and uh, Hope inside. We get another quick flashback with Huck. 
and this one now is back with her group and her group is the the main uh which the, the captain is talking about all the stuff going on in there and that uh, they don't know what's happening and that they have to they have the right to shoot anything that moves and she's shocked she's like she can't believe it i don't know why she's so shocked because i mean if i see walkers or zombies yeah i'm gonna shoot anything that moves the, the idea of saving civilians, maybe, but at this point, it looked like it was overrun. That's what they were trying to get at with the thermal to make it look like there was a whole bunch of stuff going on, a lot of chaos. Yeah, what, you don't know the, the, the friendlies from the threats. So they were given orders to take everybody out. You got to clear the area. That's it. You got to clear it. Just has to happen. You know, but during this flashback, I'm picturing in my head, she just stopped and like looked at the ceiling or whatever. Because she loses sight of hope. She doesn't know where hope is. So she's looking around. She has a flashlight because it's dark in this place. And it makes sense. I know some people be like, why is everywhere dark? She's like, well, not everywhere probably has power. I didn't hear a generator. We don't know if they have electricity in the area. So I'm not, I'm, I'm okay with them always taking out the flashlight and walking into dark buildings. So she starts walking around in the dark, the flashlight. And then sure enough... She hears it and she sees it, and it's a man holding a gun, holding Hope with a gun to her head, and telling her to put the weapon down. He's gonna kill her. Okay, so there we go. Introduction to this man. I don't think they ever said his name, right? They never said his name. They, I don't think so. They did. No, they didn't, right? I don't um, know. yes. They did. I believe they did. Ah, well, you know what? Don't matter for about what, what happens. His there. name is Walter. Walter. All right. So Walter. There. There you go. All right. And uh, at first, second, I think I paused just to see his face to see if I can, can was able to connect him to anything else, like maybe one of the other shows or something. Because if anything, even if it's just dialogue, they can throw that in. It's like, oh, I was from another group, and then just name drop another group, the Saviors or anybody. Else. But no, they don't. They don't go that that far with this. So then we get a, a quick cut at that time to see what's going on with Felix and Tony because now they're the buddy buddies. You know, they're hanging out and they're looking around. And sure enough, they find the fuel. So it's like, all right, that's great news, right? It's like, man, we got the fuel. Now they can find the rest of the group and get out of there. All right, but now we're back with Huck and Hope and this threat. And here it is now. Huck, I don't remember if they said besides her role as a soldier, she was definitely a negotiator because she was cool, calm, collected. She was talking to guy calm. She's like, hey, it's going to be okay. You know, are you okay? You look injured. Is your leg? He's like, stop it. Stop with the gun. Stop talking. He's freaking out. He's like, there's no reason to freak out. I could help you. You're with the CRM. You're with that group. I, I see the badge on your, your and you and her, you're, you're with them. And they, all they want to do is hurt people and take things. And he just starts rambling. And I was trying to understand if any of it mattered, but it's well, he explained like, that they stole their location. Yeah, and the CRM kind of, you know, ambushed the scene, as we kind of seen in in the first you know, few episodes, where they just clear out and kill everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, then mm-hmm. there goes that. So, but then I, I, that part I didn't really get either because he was like, "Oh yeah, I see the bad stuff." Well, she does. It doesn't say CRM on her shirt. It doesn't even look anywhere near as so, similar. Yeah, the truck. But he didn't say he saw the truck. He didn't go outside. He just saw them two. So he doesn't know, or else he would have said, "I know you're with that group outside." Well, he would assume if that's the place. If that's the place that you know raided you, and you see people with a bunch of guns, I'm gonna assume that you're part of the CRM too. Hope Hope didn't have a gun. 
Hope didn't have a gun. And if she, you see other people in your I location, guess, I guess. And they have on the camouflage as well, and looks like she knows what she's doing. Even in her pose of how she had had the flashlight, she knows what she's doing. So you would assume CRM. They had maybe not the same intense training, but they had the same ish training. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so. She keeps convincing him to calm down. It's okay. It's all right. Just point the gun at me. You don't need to take her. But he's being very calm and and saying that we're just scavengers. You know, we're just looking for stuff. Eventually, he just agrees to all of that. And he lets go. And he also had mentioned that his brother had died. His brother was in the other room. His brother turned. Because clearly, he was bitten. Something's going on in his leg. So she says, it was like, yeah, you look infected. I can take care of it. And she starts talking about amputations. And I thought about, well, well, yeah, that could happen. We've seen that in The Walking Dead. If it's if it's done fast enough, if the bit, if he was bitten recently, then yeah, and if it's fresh. But uh, I'm like, where is she going to get a knife or anything? I don't know. Maybe she has a Rambo knife or something that she could do. Cutting through bone isn't easy. But whatever. I, again, I overthink when I hear these things. So he lets go of Hope. He points mm-hmm. the gun at, at, a, at a, what you call it, uh, at Huck. Starts pointing at it, starts talking all that stuff. She says, calm down, don't worry about it. Boom, she gets his flashback. And again, this is back with her group. And hearing the captain talking about killing everybody. And now we hear, we see a whole room of people. Or is it behind a cage? Because I did see like a gate. Right? Like a, it's a gate. Yeah, it's like a gate. But they made sure that, to pump that, that baby crying real loud. So that way you could all know, there's, there's babies, there's kids here. Cause that baby was screwing up a storm, and I get it. It's, it's all kinds of people in this whole, and because uh, they were still in the hospital, right? So yeah, yeah, they were still in the hospital. So it's saying, hey, we got to kill everybody, right? It's like, well, what about the the civilian? No, no, everybody. And if you don't do it, you're going to jail. That's it. This is this is it. This is what we got to do. And they do a nice zoom and close up just to show her concern and just disbelief. Like, wait, is this happening? Am I really doing this? Yeah. But it cuts back to she just wakes up. And again, I, I guess the, they don't really explain. The flashbacks are just happening very quick for her. And well, no, it, it, it explains. It's in juxtaposition of what's going on when she... Oh, no, no, we see that. No, I, I get why they're showing it. But it, it's just the way they, they just place them and they splice it in. And uh, so and then she's hugging the guy. She's like, so don't worry, it's okay, it's okay. I'm going to help you. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll do an amputation. It happens all the time. We've done this... And she's hugging him, and she kills him, right? Well, right before she does that, um, she explains why she can't shoot people. Because remember, their goal was to to kill the rest of the civilians who were alive and well. No, no, yeah, yeah. no. We're getting, we're getting to that. We're getting to that because then she she goes and she kills him. But then we get that we yeah. That's when we see the flashback of she was supposed to aim and fire, and did she? She killed her whole group. She hit the alarm to distract them, then killed her own group. Yeah. Then yeah. got the guy who we saw from the beginning um, of her flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had to. She shot him right in the chest. Yeah, because he said, "You're not part of my group. I don't know who you are." Mm-hmm. But I think she just couldn't see herself to do all that. And uh, this. And that's when her name is Jennifer. And Jennifer, yeah. Now that's the thing. I, I guess. Hmm. Makes you wonder, what would you do? It's a tough situation because I, on one hand, I get it. You're in the military. You got to do what you got to do. These people are infected, all of them. 
right? From what you know, you see people turning. What there? If they're in a cage, I mean, what, you can't just let them stay there. But then you can't bring them out because of this infection. And we don't at this point they don't know how this virus is spreading that are converting people into into uh, walkers or empties. So what would you do, Dana? I didn't get that. I got them as just the people that they rescued. And so they placed them in that area. I didn't get them as them being infected. No, but that's it. But no, but that's the thing. They don't know. That was the the, the calling. Yeah, those were civilians. But then remember, Mm -hmm. the, the captain was like, yeah, we just got word. We're supposed to just kill everybody. We don't know what's causing this. This is where the outbreak, this is considered, you know, quote unquote, ground zero for this outbreak in this hospital. And they don't want it to spread outside of it. So their job is to just eliminate everyone there. And that's, you know, and that's where she starts freaking out about this. Because, like, man, really, is this what we're going to do? And it's like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. And if you don't do it, you're going to jail. Well, it, it, it flashbacks to remember when she was talking to Hope. And she was saying the things that, you know, we're all carrying something. Mm-hmm. She had to kill her whole team that she's known and trained with for literally strangers. Yeah. Because she decided to do what was moral. And she struggles with that, which, you know, kind of shows that what Hope is going through. You know, everybody did something. It was a quick... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get that. I get that. I get that. But she did, she did a lot of it, and I'm sure she's done a lot of it. That was, that's what, and it was easy for her. She knew there was no way. She she had no intentions of saving this guy's life. Yeah, there is a method, but she wasn't going to do it. And she saw him as a threat. He's a loose cannon, so she took care of it. So the, that that just at that moment, we got Felix, we got the whole crew. They all show up, Iris and Tony, and they see what's going on. It's like, what happened? And Hope's like, oh, he, she saved my life. You know, this man was here, and this is what went down. So uh, we are getting toward uh, some juicy parts of this, at least for the episode itself. This is where it's, it's getting to the meat and potatoes. So we're getting this. We get this little cutscene, quick scene with Iris and Hope, and they're uh, oh man, they're looking at the map. This is a the this, the well the the first. Let's see, I'm oops, I'm I'm almost skipped over some. No, this was the yeah. the after the. <clears throat> Supplies. Yeah. Tony finds the encrypted log. Remember when he was with um, Felix? It was that cabinet, and it was an encrypted log. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I was I had to drink something. My throat was dry. Yep. No, they found the log, and the next scene. That's where we see Hope and Iris, and they're going over it. They were trying to look through the notes. They're like, if we could just find some more information, then we could just break the code. And I was like, all right, we'll try to break the code and figure out what's going on. Uh, I didn't really understand this whole thing with the CRM being so secretive because it makes it seem like they're hiding from someone else. And well, uh, we don't. Here's the thing. We don't know who Elizabeth Voss is. Yeah, because I, I mean, it doesn't really make much sense to be that secretive unless you're doing something shady. And they made it seem like they're a large organization. Like, this is it. They, they, because they, I don't think random people finding your information. Like, if I was to go into your home... You know, yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, so, so Iris and like, why do you encrypt you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then Iris looks over at Hope and says, "You know what? I think we're changing." And I was like, "Oh, this is the moment where Hope is like, yeah, we're changing, and you're getting really attached to this Percy guy." But no, they still don't bring that up. I was like, "Shit! It's is it? It's they're making it seem like the only person that sees this is Silas, because even Felix doesn't acknowledge it. 
No one does. But only Silas is the one that sees it. And we all see it. It's very obvious what's going on here. You know? But, hey, this is what's going on. So, anyway, at this moment, we get Tony and Percy, and they go over to the group and say, hey, change the plans, people. We're not just going to drop you guys off. We want to be part of the group. After we do that and we take care of this, we'll go on adventures together. You know, what do you, what do you guys think? You know, we like you guys. You like us. Everything's going to be cool. You, and Felix and all, I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. That works, you know. And what else are they going to say? Say no. They don't give a shit. Because their plan is, hopefully, save Leo, save Will, get back in this truck, go back to the university, and keep living their lives like usual. That was it. So, if anything, now they'll have a magician and a weirdo kid with them. To go look back at the university. Yeah. So that's that's the way I see it. You know. So what? Well, you don't. I don't know. I don't, that's that's it. So uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything key there to mention because I don't know if there was anything else. I mean, besides, we had a little bit with Percy. He goes over and starts talking with. Uh, Oh, man, my throat is getting dry with this. He says talking with uh, Iris and wants to meet up with her at any other truck. That, says, was that was very important. That was very important scene. That is true. You know, it starts talking about he wants to meet up with her. He, he needs his gloves. She's like, oh, I got your gloves right here. He's like, no, no, no. I need to, you to go behind the truck. I was like, hmm, behind the truck in an hour. He has to get things ready. I was like, oh, this is it. You know, he's setting things up in motion. He's like, I'm not wasting any more time. We're going to get this party started. Life is hard, so let's just keep it moving. And then he also says, then my hands might be cold then, so bring the gloves. I'm like, damn, he's getting kinky too. Here we go. You know, it's turning into one of those shows, which is, it's not. We know it's not. You know, so. Um, no, also, this is the important part. Ethan goes and apologizes. To hope. Elton, remember when he was like, that's the next, yeah, but that's that's right after. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's hey, right after. Automatically mm -hmm. So Elton, and then Elton does the magic trick, and she's like, oh. which, And then all you see during that whole scene is just um, Huck in the background saying, don't you say nothing. Don't you say nothing. She's always glaring and looking yeah, in the background. It's really cute. And then and what's really cute was that... Um, um, she, he, um, Elton says that um, everything that he believed that was impossible is now possible. And he believes that his mom could still be alive. And that's when Hope is like, oh, gosh. And she just, like, collapses in the inside. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This part pissed me off. <laughs> I get There's another one. And it's only, and I think everybody will agree with this. When they have, it's another little conversation with Hope and Huck about the, just like you said, about all this stuff. Don't tell, don't say anything. And she was, and Hope was like, well, you know, I kept this chain. I was like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> I forgot all about this. Like, I got this chain. And it's like, and then Huck says, no, that's good. That means you're, you're still, you're, you have that connection. You're a good person. I was like, no, well, that's what serial killers do. They collect trinkets from their kills. <laughs> and that's what she did. And now that we know it's a chain, that means it's very <clears throat> visible. Don't tell me Elton's not going to recognize that at some point. Yep. Right? That is 100% what's going to happen. So even if she doesn't say confess, if he sees that chain, and, and I find it very interesting how they reveal that information uh, at this point in time, because I don't recall seeing that chain 
in any other episode before this. Yeah, and so, I'm like, uh, when did she grab the chain? Like, they never showed that in the flashback that she ran over. No, when she was a kid. Remember, she picked the chain up. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. Did. But I, but I, but I don't, I don't remember her seeing her have the chain on prior to this episode, unless it was a quick scene. It was which... that she fell when she shot her, and the chain like flew up in the air, like you know when you when you through gravity, so your body falls back, so the chain flies up. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, anyway, in between this, we find out that Iris, while she was looking at the map, she's figured something out. With her own map. She says, we put this map on top of the other map. And we push this in the right order. We get to see other symbols. And they see a DNA symbol pop up on the map. And they're like, this is it. This is where we have to go. DNA must represent this the facility. Because that's what the dad was doing. He was out there to go work on all this stuff. To try to figure out a virus. So they're like, yay, let's celebration time. Everything is great. Right? This is it. Now they know where they're going. They have two members that said they're part of the group. Everything is cool. And then I was like, oh, wait, I gotta go meet my lover boy. You know, it's about that time. So she heads out. She goes to the back of the truck. Oh, very nice. We got candles. We got art everywhere. We got all his books. There you go. Just hang out. Now, I wasn't sure with this moment. Now, you pointed something out, Dana. I thought... The plan was for him to show up and that they were going to, you know, spend some time together. But you made it seem like, no, this was all for her just to sit back because she wanted to go to the loo and the whole thing. And he was trying to recreate that for her. And he was not going to be part of it. No. Here's the interesting thing. And just to backtrack really quickly, they're going to Ithaca, New York. That's where the dad is. Which, interesting, was the DNA sign thing, which if you go back to the flashback, they was messing with people's DNA. Ah, Um, but for this, this is a very important part because I would, if he's saying, I want you to come in back, you know, I got something for you. This is when you think he's going to be there and be like, surprise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But he sets up the the van. Really nice, though. It's really cute. Like, he put time and effort into it. Yeah, using resources that they don't have, like candles and stuff. Where are you going to go get candles? (laughs) You're going to Yankee Candles? Where are you going with this? You don't just use supplies like this to do something cutesy. Come on now. It was candles. It was the the lights. It It was was a lot of bullshit. A lot of bullshit place perfectly where everything was like really nice and sweet and instead she started looking at the books and she fell asleep he never came it wasn't like oh well, here you go here's the interesting part i think would you really that- before you keep going would you really fall asleep in an open van out in the dark when you know there's empties all children, around that children. Not, re- children are scared of everything they, there's no way in hell they're gonna, this is like that from that Geico commercial it's like where do we go I don't know let's run through the cemetery you know what I mean this is that type of shit <laughs> who fucking goes in an open van and falls asleep at, in the night come on now when there's walkers out there there's empties whatever they want to call them in this damn series alright keep going and the door was open by the that, way I know that's are- what I'm saying it's just so here's the interesting part I thought it was going to be like one of those nice little romance but he never showed up and she never like went around to look for him you know in the sense of percy where are you percy oh percy nothing of that at all she just went into the van started looking at the books and fell asleep with the book just kind of open which i think was a tool as a distraction to get her out of 
um, wherever they was at. So yeah, and the that's entire... the, they never really showed where they, they were at, where they're hanging out. No. It's definitely somewhere indoors because when she runs back it in, it's a house. I would assume it was that it was they were still part of the tunnel area where the CRM was, and that the van was still parked outside well, from that's all the we entrance. Can do. That's all we can do. All right, keep going. So that's all I can assume. So here's the thing that was interesting. It's used as a tactic to distract her because she's on the outside and she awakens to a crash, not a bang, but like, you know how you smash a window and you have the, the you walk on the glass. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of sound that's being made. And she wakes up, you know, she's holding the book and it's all nice and sweet. And she goes and she's looking for Percy. Now, this is the only time that we kind of hear her call Percy, not even when he was at the van thing. So she's looking all over for Percy and he's not, no, there's nothing that's being responded. There's dead silence, which makes her get even more nervous. That's Percy, Percy. And she ends up going into a room. She opens the door, and here you have Tony, or what we think Tony. is of Tony. Yeah, it looked like it was Tony. It was Tony. It's, it's it's Tony. We know it's Tony, but his entire face has been shot out like a big, massive blast. This was a shotgun. This is not a pistol. This is not I don't know a Glock or what any any kind of gun because the hole itself is so massive. And this is not something that looks like a zombie where bite, bite, bite. Yeah. This is a very kind of even dimension. Your entire center of your face is gone. Well, we know he's not going to turn because uh, his brains are gone. So. Well, no, it's nothing left. There's no, yeah, there's like yeah. just your face and your head. And your, he's got the true death. Gone. That's the true death. All right, keep going. That's, that's <laughs> true blood. Yes, true death. Um, so this is when she starts yelling and she still calls out Percy's name. Because she thinks that, oh my gosh, if he's been shot, then my, my, my boo has been hurt too. We don't get Percy at all, but instead everyone else comes running aside from Silas. And next to Tony, which is very interesting, is all of si Silas's stuff. So we have his wrench, which one would assume that maybe his face was bashed in. It's placed very precariously, very next to the body. And we're also with Silas's stuff. And then there is bloody footprints. Mm -hmm. And she's looking around and everyone else, you know, um, Felix comes in as well. And they're looking and investigating. And we see Silas in not a closet, but, but it looked more like But Felix, a cabinet. Remember, he has the gun. He's ready to open up the door. And they're like, whoever's behind this, we're going to you know, shoot. This is probably the person who did it. And he opens up and yeah, yeah, keep going. So Silas is kind of mushed in there, completely out of it, holding what would be a beer bottle of, you know, but this is what's interesting. They can't find Percy at all. He's gone. And Silas is a drink, but it is framed in a way where he may have been knocked unconscious, thrown in there. Here is framed with the bottle to make it look like he killed um, uh, Tony. All right, so let's. Uh, yeah. There we go, See. and that's how this ends. But let's jump into the conspiracies real quick because you already hit on it. That you think that this is a frame job. You think? Are you saying that Percy set this up so then that way he can get Silas out of the way because he sees? Because if if say for example it was a gun, like, you mean you also had the wrench, so you could say he got his face bashed in with the wrench. When you go to beat someone to death and you, we've seen how vicious Silas beats people, that is going to, you know, that 
better not explain it, but you're going to notice something like that. Well, we, we got to pull a little, uh, we got to put our CSI hats on here. How many set okay. of footprints did we see go into that closet area? Because if we just see one set, then that would be just Silas walking himself in there, closing the door behind him, and then slumping down. But if we see two sets, because obviously that means, like you said, if he was drugged or knocked right. or whatever and just planted there, then somebody had to drag him there or bring him into there. So then that would be another set. Well, and he's a big dude. Don't dragged. tell me Percy picked them up on his shoulder and carried them there. No, you you can you can drag him. But then we would see that. We would see the drag one. It didn't. When they were following, because remember, that was the thing. Felix was following the blood trail, the bloody footprints. Mm -hmm. it, was, it looked like only one set. And it went right into, unless there's another entranceway or exit through that hallway, closet, whatever it was in that area. I don't know. But the other issue is, where's the motive? What what does this do? Because even if Percy says, oh, wow, you killed my you killed my uncle and this and this, and this it's like, no one gives a was shit. That his uncle? What? Was that his uncle? Because here's the he, very no, interesting comment. He said it was his uncle. Had. Tony said yes, it. Yes, he said it. But what was the very interesting thing that they both said to each other? You cannot out-con a con man. They could be two con artists working together. There's no proof that's his uncle. Well, you know what? You pick up the wrench and then you just keep bashing the head and you just to make sure it's dead and then you just start checking it. He was a pretty husky dude. So you can tell. You really look at the body type. Why go through this whole ruse? For what? Well, For what? Well, just well, so I, they... I would have killed Percy because I feel that he would be more of a threat. He never felt threatened by Tony. He felt threatened by Percy. I so why? I don't know. Why am I killing Tony? No, I, I, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he did it. I don't think he did it. I don't think Silas did it. I think Percy is setting this up. But I don't think it's going to be a big con between Percy and the uncle. There, there's just no reason for it because they have all the cards. They have the fuel. They have the truck. They're going off to the CRM, but there's no real gain for them there because they're scared of these people. They're scared of the CRM. Remember, he said it. These guys are bad dudes. So there's no, it's not like, oh, wow, you found a safe haven. Now we don't need you. Now we're just going to go to the safe spot. Yeah, but that's, that's Silas's thing. Silas is the one who goes inside of cabinets. He's the one who's claustrophobic. He's the one who, remember when he, when, when he was, um, it was Elton. when he was found, I mean, Elton. Elton is the one who's the one that's under cabinets and things. Not Silas. Silas just kills people. We don't know he just kills people. He only kills one person. Well, I still got one is enough. Eh, that's all right. Rich, what do you think? Rich, what do you think? All right. Uh, uh, by the way, I hear an echo. Yeah. Hear an echo. yeah. That, so my only theory is this, is that uh, I'm totally fine if, uh, if uh, you know, Percy set this all up to frame Silas. The only issue I have with that is that for that to happen, I feel like the Percy character needs to know something about Silas's backstory because the one thing that they have been consistent about with Silas, when he got sent to the university, it's like everybody kept questioning, well, did he or did he not kill his dad? And I feel like the person that set him up has to know that he went through this experience so that you put doubt in the other characters that they can't trust him because, well, maybe he, he, maybe he actually did kill his dad and he reverted back to 
the way that he approached that situation. So pretty much, like you said, Adam, there needs to be a motive for, for him doing this. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to explain that in the next episode. And I also expect that eventually, because they like to have episodes where you have flashbacks about a character, we're eventually going to get an episode about Percy as a character and what he experienced prior to everything that has happened. So, um, do that's you, all I that's Rich, do you mind. remember seeing Huck? Was she in that room too? Because we saw Elton, oh, oh, we oh, saw oh, Iris, I, and we saw Felix. Did what, did Huck run into that room? Yeah, I, I could. Yeah, I think I believe she was there. Yeah, she was there. Everyone was there. So here, okay, little details. So they come in. You see the wrench. There's the yellow jacket that Silas wears. Um, there's also um, something else that's there. You, okay. So when they open the door and they see him completely phased out, like he's like, you know how you've been completely like wiped out, and you seem like you're just not present. He got uh, hit in the head with the wrench. He got because his hands are bloody. But that doesn't mean that he killed someone. He could have also been fighting Percy. But his hands are bloody. Um, but I still cannot fully believe that he killed Tony. I say Huck was involved in this, and this is a setup for everything. Setup for everything. Oh. So well, we will see. But there goes that. This was it. World Beyond Season 1, Episode 7, True for Dare. I dare you to keep watching because this show is not pulling its weight in the franchise. I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't. I, I'm not attached to it. And I'm not the only one. The ratings are proving it. People just. No one, the ratings were strong at the beginning because people give it the benefit of the doubt. But just overall, it just feels like the Walking Dead franchise the 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 whole vibe of it was just tacked on to this teen drama and they're throwing a lot in different directions but unlike walking dead or even fear we don't care about these characters at this point they're all flip-flop wishy-washy and even with these flashbacks still not so much we know the whole thing with right now with huck but that also showed that she's willing to kill if she has to and show no remorse that's it. She doesn't give a second chance to people. She didn't give William or Wallace, his name was, a second chance. He was like, oh, you're going to help me? He was all scared. And no, she took him out. So I could easily see her getting more involved. But then again, whatever. Because she isn't a key part of this. There really is no... The original story, from what I understand, was supposed to be about the two sisters and their, their and the two friends. It's going to be their journey. But you start sprinkling all these other characters already trying to throw different paths and different things. But yet, we're, we still haven't really bonded or connected with the main characters. So, mm-hmm. that's, that's a problem. But hey, there you go. And we will be back for a better show, which is Fear the Walking Dead. That is, it's so far been a strong series. It's been a strong season for Fear, and I'm looking forward to the next episode. So thanks again for listening, subscribing. Thanks for being involved. That's always great when people leave comments and just jump in on it. What do you think? You know, how do you feel about this show? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you like any of the characters? Do you think that it's going to have a big tie-in with uh, Walking Dead or Fear? Who knows? But uh, thanks again. Talk to you later, and peace out, everybody.